Have you ever wondered what it's like to go from dreaming about retirement to actually being retired? Today, I'll be diving into a true retirement story with Fritz Gilbert. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Fritz Gilbert about his true retirement story, going from three decades of preparing to retire to now entering his sixth year of retirement. Fritz, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm honored to be on. You got it. We, we highlighted two parts of your life. One was working, one is not working so far. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about yourself. <laughs> well, the second half is the better part for what I'm at. No, <laughs> um, no yeah. Um, worked 30 years. Um, uncharacteristically, I would say I worked 30 years for one employer uh, in the aluminum business. Good career. Got married 35 years ago to a wonderful wife I'm still married to. And now we've got a wonderful daughter and a granddaughter. And uh, we live up in the mountains of Georgia where the Appalachian Trail starts. So we're, we moved out of the big city of Atlanta and moved up to our cabin in the woods and just absolutely love life, Jeremy. It's, it's, uh, we're having a great journey, really enjoying it. That's, uh, that's good to hear. And, and we'll hear more about uh, a bit of your preparing for retirement. And of course, uh, you, you've doing the world a, a favor here by sharing a lot of it uh, through some blogs and a, a book we'll get to uh, in a second. But I'm curious, how did you know it was actually time to retire? Yeah, you know, I, I remember a friend of mine told me, he said, you're going to know when it's time to retire. And I, I was like, what does he mean by that? And and it, it was funny because I, I kind of did have that experience. You know, I, I retired at 55, so I was a little bit early. And I would say I started thinking about it a little bit more seriously, late 40s, maybe 50, when I started seeing some of my coworkers. One in particular was a pretty good friend of mine, and he retired early. And I started saying, you know, we, we might be able to do this. And, and I started working on it. And it's, it's one of those things you got to be careful about getting too into the planning for it, because then you start getting anxious to get there and you don't enjoy your life as you live it. But as I started going through that process, I did start getting more anxious about retirement. I realized we could do it. And just the work environment was getting old. You know, I didn't hate my job, but I'd been doing it for 33 years. And I just recognized the way I think about it, Jeremy, is, is I don't look at it as, hey, if I work five more years and let's say I live to 100, it's not five years out of 100. It's not 5%. It's five years out of maybe 20 years of health that you have left, right? So it's it's 25% of your healthy life that you have remaining. And I, and I really recognize the how precious those years were going to be. So I, I was debating between 54 or 55, but I pretty much knew I would say by the age of 53 that the the value of that freedom to do the things that I really wanted to do with my remaining good, healthy years was important enough that it was time for me to get serious about it and make the jump. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned 54, 55. Do you mind sharing what uh, prompted you to do 55 as a retirement instead of 54? Sure. Yeah. I, actually, good story. I had an uncle of mine who had retired a couple of years before me and maybe 10 or 15 years before me. And we were at a wedding one time and he he pulled me aside and I told him I was thinking about it. He goes, Fritz, let me give you one piece of advice. He said, um, he said, you're never going to make the money you're making now. You're in your peak earning years, as was I. He said, you'll never be able to, re if you decide to go back to work, you're going to be going back at a lower income. Obviously you can do consulting or whatever, but it will take longer. He said, be patient and make sure that you're sound financially, because if you have to work another year, it'll pay for itself in the future because you'll have less to worry about financially and whatnot. So I, I really took that to heart. 
And it was really, I guess, a matter of just being conservative and, and wanting to make sure. I, I could have gotten out at 54 now in hindsight, six years later. I think we certainly could have gotten out then. But it was just that peace of mind to have a little bit more padding. There's so much uncertainty, right? It, it was my way to put a little bit more cushion into the numbers to give myself peace of mind in my later years that, you know, we, we just put a little bit more cushion and conservative estimates around the numbers. And, and that's really what I just figured one year of sacrifice to have potentially 30 years of more happiness was a sacrifice that was worth making. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that where you've got these kind of two competing interests where you were looking at retiring, you know, early 55 is kind of earlier for some and you were saying how much you value that freedom. And yet you did kind of wait one extra year uh, counting on that that one year is going to be, be worth it. It's an interesting and I don't want to uh, impose mine or your values on on anyone, but it's worthwhile to do the math. And I find a lot of times when I, I'm talking to people, they say, I'd love to retire at 60. But then I look at the math and say, oh my goodness, that two years between 60 and 62 are just astronomical amounts of, of money and, and costs where that two years really helps the, the rest of their uh, retirement really set up. Or I work with a lot of uh, people that are uh, government employees, teachers, things like that. So my wife works in the, the teacher system. It's amazing in Wisconsin that going from 55 to 57, those two extra years of working could create a pension that's 25 or 33% higher for the rest yeah. of your life. So it's it's interesting, the uh, uh, the trade-offs, and they're real. And I think what you're saying is go ahead and, and calculate those, think about it, don't necessarily uh, keep working just because everyone else is, don't necessarily retire at a specific age uh, just because, you know, you, you hit a, a benchmark. A number. That's right. And, and I think the, the important thing to think about, I actually wrote a post about this on my blog and I said, when is enough enough? And I, I sacrificed, you know, I, I had a pension. I was fortunate and it, and it maxed out at 35. So, you know, how pensions work those last couple of years, it, it's a, it's almost a vertical slope, right. In terms of like you just mentioned. And, and I could have gone two more years to really maximize the pension. But as I was looking at the numbers, I was like, you know what, I've, I've got enough. So it can be enticing and it can be a convenient excuse, to be honest, to, to stay to get that extra little bonus, that extra little kick, that extra little pension, whatever it is. But at the same time, you're giving up those really valuable years, right? So yes, stay as long as you need to stay, but I would argue don't stay a minute longer, right? Life is so good on this side of the starting line, as I call it, that you don't want to sacrifice that if you don't have to. So it's it's understanding the trade-offs and it's being realistic and using a professional to help you work through it is absolutely sound advice. The other thing I would encourage people is look well beyond the financials. And this is something the financial planning industry is starting to tap into, but it's, it's probably not, I would say it's not there yet. And I would say you need time to invest as much energy in preparing for all those non-financial aspects as you do on the financial so that might be another reason to wait. Maybe you've, all you've done is looked at the financials and you haven't taken time to consider, hey, what am I going to do with my time? What, you know, what's my purpose going to be? How am I going to replace all those things I lose from work besides the paycheck, those relationships, that sense of purpose, this, you know, sense of identity, all those things, the mental challenges. You've got to build some time into your planning to, to work through those as well. And that's something that a lot of people miss. Yeah, maybe even working that extra year is a part of maybe that extra year of 55 versus 54 is, well, you work nine months out of it and you take a, a summer off or a season off for three months. So that you're, you're kind of test driving yeah. uh, retirement. Yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, a post in your blog. Tell us a little bit more about your blog and, and what you're doing there. 
Yeah, it's called the Retirement Manifesto. And I started it. And this is one of the keys I tell people, pursue your curiosity, right? What are you going to do when you retire? That's that's the big question everybody has. Am I going to get bored? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was living what I was preaching and I was and I was, you know, thinking about what I was going to do in retirement. So two years before I retired, three years, actually, 2015, I retired in 2018. I decided to start a blog just out of curiosity. Hey, let's see how this goes. And if it gets some traction and I enjoy the process, maybe it's something I'll do in retirement, right? Kind of low key, but I'll take the first step. Turns out I absolutely loved writing. I still love it. I'm, I've been writing eight years now and I really enjoy the process and it's become a major passion of mine in retirement. So I've written 400 plus articles and really the focus of the blog, my, my byline is helping people achieve a great retirement. And it's not me, 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 me at all. It's it's kind of here's the, here's the thinking that I was doing at various stages. And, and in my archives, I've got here's six months before I retired. Here's one year before I retired. So you can look back and say, OK, I'm a year before retirement. What was Fritz thinking? And you can read articles I was writing when I was a year before retirement. So one of the things I wrote at the time was I'm capturing today before it becomes yesterday. You know, so I was capturing my thoughts as I was living it. And now it's out there. So anybody walking in my footsteps can can kind of see how somebody else was dealing with a lot of the same challenges they're facing. And I've continued that approach for, you know, for eight years now. And, and I really enjoy it. It's, it's won some awards. It's gotten some visibility. And But to me, it's more the surprising part of it is, number one, how much I love the writing. And that's what I find by following these curiosity triggers you'll find things that you really passionately enjoy. And I was blessed to be able to find writing, which I really enjoy. The second thing was the community that's evolved around it. You know, the podcast hosts that I interview with, going to FinCon, um, the readers, the engagement with the readers, the comments, the emails, the phone calls, that relationship side of it was totally unexpected and has become something I really cherish in retirement as well. So I, I plan on continuing to do it. You know, I, it's something I enjoy and I, I like the engagement with the readers. That's uh, that's one of your, you're like a case study of one of what does it look like before retirement? What does it look like? Yeah. Uh, after retirement, that's that's amazing. I'm wondering too. Besides the the blog, the writing, what what else do you do now in your your retirement? Yeah, we're busy. I mean, we we really love life. My wife actually, we could spend. I've, I've spent a lot of time writing about this and talking about it, and it's a big part of our life. My wife started a nonprofit charity called uh, Freedom for Fido, and we actually build free fences for low income families with with dogs on chains. So we've built 120 fences now. We freed, you know, 400 dogs, and we've got a whole team of volunteers. We got a build coming up this coming week where where we go out and we build the fence, and you know, it's great. It's a whole community. So we spend a lot of time running the charity. That's a big part of our life. Uh, we've got a second home down in Alabama that's near our daughter. You'll see themes here, right? Themes is yep. community involvement, getting involved in the charity. Great way to do it. That's a big part of our life. Um, we've got a second home down in Alabama where our daughter lives with our granddaughter. So family, right? We carve out about a week every month and we go down there. It's just a small place, but it gives us a place to stay while we're visiting our granddaughter and, you know, really cherishing those precious times with family. So that's a big part of our life. Um, and we spend as much time as we can outdoors. You know, my wife and I hike, you know, quite, we're in the mountains. So there's beautiful hiking trails. We go kayaking. Um, I swim in the summer. I swim, you know, a couple times a day in the lake. I, I really focus on physical fitness now in retirement. So I work out, you know, three, four days a week, variety of things. I mountain bike on the trails. So as much as I can do outside that gives me, you know, energy and physical activity, my sweet spot. I love that kind of stuff. So we're dog people, obviously running a dog charity. We also have uh, three rescue dogs that we love and cherish and walk every day. Again, outside activity. 
So yeah, we're very busy um, and it really focuses around relationships, physical activity, mental stimulation with my writing and helping others through the charity. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great way to approach it. I'm, I'm curious though, how, did, how would you say it's different than what you expected? You know, retirement, it's such a black box. And and I thought for years before I retired, I was really curious about what's it really going to be like to retire. And it's impossible to explain what it's like. It's kind of like getting married or having a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Until you do it, you just can't expect what it's going to be like. I would say probably the, the biggest surprise is how my sense of identity has entirely changed, right? For 30 years, I was an aluminum guy and I had various titles and whatnot traveling the world, you know, I was a big corporate fortune 500 guy. And now I don't even think about that, right? Oh, I'm that retirement guy. That's, you know, on your podcast, or I'm, I'm that yep. guy that wrote that book, or I'm, I'm the guy that runs that charity. I've got these different identities that have absolutely much more fulfilling uh, meaning in my life than my work ever did. And I guess I never, when I started that blog, we talked earlier about that, you know, just starting the blog, kind of a curious thing, started out, see if it goes anywhere. I never anticipated how much those types of efforts would lead to this sense of identity that's so uniquely different than my working years and so rewarding. It's, I, I would say retire. I, I had huge expectations for retirement, thought about it a long time, did a lot of research, did a lot of preparation. And I guess the best surprise I have is in spite of my exceedingly optimistic perspective of what it was going to be like, it's even better. I, I absolutely love retirement and I love it more than I thought I even would. So those are probably my biggest surprises. That's great to hear. We'll see if I can stay uh, working by the end of this episode. You're, you're talking so great about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't work a minute longer than you have to, Jeremy. That's right. That's awesome. Well, um, I'm glad to hear it's, uh, it's going well for you. Part of it, uh, like you said, you, you spend so much time thinking about it, preparing for it. And you, uh, you put out a book called Keys to a Successful Retirement. Uh, would you mind sharing just a few of these keys? What are the top things you need to know about retirement uh, as you're approaching that? Yeah, I think there's 26 keys in the book. And, and the timing on that was good because it was I, I wrote it two years after I retired. So I'd been writing my blog every week for five years at the time. And it was really a good chance for me to kind of reflect back and say, okay, I've, I've made the transition. I've gotten through kind of this messy middle that we'll probably talk about. You know, the transition to retirement's hard. I've, I've gotten through all that. It wasn't hard for me, fortunately, but we can talk about that later. But I was looking back when, you know, this was a really successful transition. I'm really enjoying life. And I was really diligent in my, in my planning. And by the way, I documented it all with my blog. What better opportunity than, than now to go back and look at what I did in those final three years of work and the first two years of retirement and see what I, I could glean out of it and put into this book as, as kind of the core elements of the things that I did that, in my opinion, were the most impactful on, on leading to a good retirement. So um, there's a bunch of them in there. I, I think the one that, that comes to mind for me again, I mentioned it earlier, but I can't reiterate it enough, is to really take time to think about all the things you get from work besides pay and be intentional. Everybody focuses on how am I going to replace the paycheck, right? That's that's where you go initially. And, and it's absolutely critical, but it's insufficient. You need to do that same type of thinking about all those other aspects you get from work, your relationships. Oh, I'll keep in touch with the guys from the office. No, you won't. It doesn't happen. So are you, are you starting to work now on building relationships outside of work? The more effectively you do that before you retire, the easier retirement's going to be. 
Um, you're, how are you going to challenge yourself? Well, I'm going to focus really aggressively on fitness, right? I joined a gym. It gave me structure. Structure is another thing you lose. How are you going to replace that structure? You go from a very structured day in the working world to entirely unstructured the day you retire. That's disorienting. So putting some thought into that ahead of time and figuring out how you're going to build some structure into your day in retirement. I signed up for classes at the gym. I knew those couple of days a week I was going to be going to the gym, whatever. The more time you can do that on each of those non-financial attributes that you get from work, that really, I think, of all the keys, that's probably the most important. And, and really, I guess the other one that kind of is related but not, it's really to have a positive mindset. You know, I, I think about earlier in my career, we moved to a city that we weren't excited about moving to at all. We we're like, oh, we got to move to X. And we didn't look forward to it. We weren't excited about it. Guess what? We didn't like living in X, right? Because we had already predetermined in our minds it was going to be miserable. You know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Retirement is kind of the same thing. If you go into it saying, oh, I'm going to be bored. Oh, I, you know, I, I really love my job. They're forcing me out, you know. Um, get rid of those negative thoughts. You know, really focus on having a positive mindset. Not Pollyanna, not unrealistic. But you can always choose to look at the positives or negatives of a situation. And retirement, yeah, it has some negatives, has risks of depression and all those things. But it has tremendously more positives to think about, right? So focus on the positives, have a positive mindset, and make sure you're thinking about those things that you're getting from work besides money. Those are, the, those are probably the two biggest things to think about. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. Fivestepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Yeah, I've got, I'm just taking on all your advice here. Uh, follow your curiosity, find your passion in your community, and then yep. focus on non-financial attributes of retirement, your, your structure, your social connections, your health, fitness, the positive mindsets I see here. Well, actually, let's, let's talk. This is not just you, this is not just uh, Fritz's rules to live by. Uh, you did a study to see what are hundreds of people doing and, and maybe what they're doing right or, or wrong. What, what did you find from that study? Yeah, and, and the article is called uh, Shining the Light on Retirement Blind Spots. And, and Eric Weigel and I did, did a pretty large survey. He did all the, all the number crunching. And then I kind of wrote up the color commentary about the, the report. And he, he he published the actual research report on his study. So it was a joint project that he and I worked on. And what we did, because there's kind of a, a void, you know, we saw, we saw a gap in the, in the research between what are you thinking retirement's going to be like before you retire? And how does that compare to what people that have already retired have actually experienced? So the whole survey was structured. Half of the, half of the survey respondents had retired and half of them were in the final five years of work. So it was asking the same question to both groups of people and seeing how the answers differed. And it was really, it was, it was very interesting. Um, to me, looking back, thinking on it now, probably the biggest, I wish I had the numbers on the tip of my finger, I don't, but I can use approximate numbers. The biggest probably was how people that hadn't yet retired, the question was, do you expect the transition to retirement will be different? Do you expect the transition to be difficult? Or if you've already retired, was the transition difficult? 
And the people that had not yet retired, like 20% of them expected it was going to be difficult. But of those that actually retired, it was over 50%. So there was a huge gap between how difficult the transition really is from those that had lived it and those who were not yet there. So recognizing how difficult the transition is was probably, to me, one of the key findings. The other one, and we spoke about it earlier, it's the reason I reiterate it, is the question was, what do you expect you're going to miss from work or what do you miss from work? And the relationships and, and losing those key friendships is a bigger loss than you think it's going to be, right? Because typically you don't have that same circle of friends outside of work that you do at work. And it takes a while to, to reestablish those. So the, the non-financial attributes that you get from work, you're going to miss those a lot more than you realize, which goes to my planning suggestions about focusing on that. Um, and then I guess the positive side out of all the survey respondents, the happiest were those that had been retired two years or more, which is to me a really encouraging sign, right? You, you might have a little bit of a struggle as you make the transition. Most people do, but ultimately the happiest people are those that have been retired a couple of years. They're young, they've got their health, you know, youngish, they're, they're still healthy. They're in their good health span years. They're living life to the fullest. They've, they've found their way through this transition and they're absolutely enjoying life. That's, that's the normal outcome for most people. So um, that to me was a pretty big takeaway as well. Yeah. It's great news that the, uh, the happiest people are, are retired a couple of years. I think actually, if I recall doing my research a bit correctly in the survey, you found that as you approach retirement, you're worried about money after yep. you're retired, you're not worried about money anymore. Yeah, that's right. I actually wrote a post. I, and I don't think we addressed that too much in the survey, but I've written some posts about it. I've talked to a lot of people. I call it the 90-10 rule of retirement. And the 90-10 rule of retirement states basically in those final years of work, you're 90% focused on the financials, right? Because I, I, I don't want my money to run out before I die, right? We've all heard, we've all heard the concerns. After you retire, you kind of learn to live with what you've got. And, and a couple of years into retirement, you're maybe 10% focused on the financials and you're 90% focused on the non-financial stuff because that's where that's where life happens, right? That's what are you doing that you get excited about? That's that's the charity work my wife and I are doing. That's my writing. That's that's what I spend my my brain power on. I, I actually, I did an analysis once on how much, and I'm a DIY guy, how much time, what percentage of my time do I spend managing our financials? It was like 0.2%. It's so small. <laughs> Once a year, at the end of the year, I do a net worth update. I do a full you know, financial review. Um, and then maybe once a quarter, I'll look at the asset allocation, see if we need to do some rebalancing and whatnot. But we've set up an automatic paycheck system, you know, so we don't have to worry about it. If the money's in our checking account, we can spend it. And that's it. We don't, we don't have to worry about it. I have to refill the buckets. You know, every, every, every quarter, I look at it, see if there's an opportunity to do a refill. Might do a little bit of rebalancing, do a Roth conversion, and look at the year-end numbers in detail. It takes a couple hours, and that's it. You know, it, it does not take a lot of brain power. Once you get into retirement, the financials become so much less significant than you thought they would. And I never thought that would happen. And and somebody told me that be prepared, it's going to happen. I said, no, not for me. I'm a I'm a numbers <laughs> guy. I'm a financial guy. And sure enough, it happened to me. So yeah, it's, it's pretty it's it's a pretty unique phenomenon that happens to most people. And and almost everybody says no, that won't happen to me. So it's 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 another blind spot, I would say. Yeah, and uh, speaking of blind spots, it's interesting. Like you mentioned that twenty percent of people going into retirement expected a difficult transition, but fifty percent after retired said it was difficult. The other thing I find I, I highlight to everyone I'm talking to as best I can is that you mentioned the transition's harder than you expect, but quite often it's sooner than you expect. 
where if you ask a 55 year old, when do you think you'll retire? Usually the answer yeah. is like 65, but yeah. go ahead and ask that 65 year old, when did you retire? Yeah. They'll tell you 62. So quite often yeah. uh, you will retire sooner, which I think is encouragement to actually be prepared for retirement years yeah. ahead of time, just in case. Yeah. And actually the data is it's actually over 50% of people retire earlier than they thought. And usually it's it's not by choice, right? A lot of times it's downsizing mm -hmm. from your job. A lot of times it's healthcare either for your aging parents and aging spouse, or maybe you get sick, but 60% of people are forced into retirement earlier than they expected. So be prepared, right? I mean, that's, that's absolutely a huge takeaway is even if you think you're going to work until 65, Man, think about the scenario. What if I have to retire at 60? What can I do now at 52 to be prepared at 60 just in case I can't make it to 65? Because the odds are against you to make it to as late as you think you're going to be able to work. It's, it's a sad reality. And, you know, probably some part of it is, is aging bias, right? There's probably some of that still in the mm -hmm. workplace. It's a reality. And I, I guess the positive of that is, you know, a lesson to, to learn if you're in your late 50s and you're kind of worried about it. Well, start something that could potentially turn into a bit of a side hustle, right? My blog, I make a little bit of money on that. Not a lot, but you know, it's supplemental. You can find things that bring you all those things you're seeking in retirement, recognition, sense of purpose, sense, sense of identity, all those things we talked about, but they can also generate a little bit of revenue, right? There's nothing wrong with that. So start a YouTube channel, you know, um, yeah. look at things that could potentially become side hustles, but you're not doing it to pursue it for money. You're doing it to pursue it for passion. But you might be surprised that some of those things can turn into financial rewarding activities, you know, if you have to, if you have to pursue it. Yeah. And I like to tell my clients that if you're ready to quit work today, it's often easier to go into work today. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't need this job uh, because you're already prepared for it. So, so quite often that you just have a better ease of, of sense of, of, of how your, your day is going to go when you know that uh, this job is not the only thing you know, keeping a, a roof over your head and, and, and food in your, you know, food yeah. in your door, right? That's yeah. right. Well, you've talked a lot about kind of the, uh, the fun happiness, but I'm curious, what mistakes would you say that you've made uh, in your retirement journey? You know, I, I've been asked that before, Jeremy, and, and, and it sounds proud, prideful, and, and I don't mean it that way, but I really struggle looking back. I was so diligent. You know, I was writing a blog every week for three years before I retired, right? So what was I thinking about? I was thinking about retirement, you know, every mm -hmm. week for three years before I retired. And looking back, and that's that's one of the big keys in that book, Keys to a Successful Retirement, is there has been proven to be a direct correlation between the amount of time you spend planning for retirement, both financial and non-financial. There's a direct correlation between that planning and how successful the transition is. And I did an inordinate amount of planning because I was writing a blog, I was thinking about it, I was passionate about the topic. And I... I can honestly look back at it now and, and say, I am blown away by how smooth our transition was. Um, and, and there's really, there's one thing that comes to mind. I would say we did miss one thing, and this is important for anybody that, you know, if, if you've got a stay at home spouse, uh, my wife was at home and give you a little color context. Our mother, my mother-in-law, her mom developed Alzheimer's, moved in with us when my daughter was in high school. So our daughter went off to college, we became empty nesters, but my mother-in-law was still in the house. My wife was still providing full-time care, right? Um, and unfortunately, my mother-in-law passed away three months after I retired. Mm. And the part, my wife and I had talked a lot about retirement. We knew her mom was gonna be passing at some point, right? So it's like, okay, we'll travel a bit more. You know, We thought about the activity side of what we would do when her mom was gone, but we hadn't thought about the impact that would have on my wife 
And what we came to realize after the fact was basically for 25 years, she had been a caregiver, right? She was a stay-at-home mom with our daughter providing care. She was taking care of her mom after our daughter was gone. So for you know 25 years, her job was caregiving. And she lost her job unexpectedly, right, when her mom died. So she went through a very similar transition to people that haven't really prepared for retirement emotionally. And she worked her way through it. She started the charity. Life's great. But she had a, a more difficult transition because we didn't recognize how significant that job was to my wife. So don't think of a job as just a job. Think of what your stay-at-home spouse is doing and recognize that can kind of be the same as a job. And if, the, if your plans are to have that stop in retirement, recognize that'll be a transition for the stay-at-home spouse as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's wise words. I appreciate you, you sharing that. I assume uh, that's maybe part of And if, if not, it's a, a big piece of the keys to successful retirement. I just want to bring up that book uh, one more time because that's such an impactful book. If you're preparing for retirement, I'm going to have a link to that in the show notes. So you can go ahead and buy the keys to successful retirement. Although if you want to uh, save a bit of cash, email me. Uh, it's going to be podcast at kylefp.com, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. First three people that email me will send out this book uh, to you directly. So uh, the first three on the, the trigger, we'll be talking to you soon. <laughs> hey, thanks, Drew. I'm sending you an email right now. Wait, I already got copy. There you go. <laughs> You're good to go. You got a case there in the, the closet behind you, I bet you. I do. That's awesome. Uh, good. Well, I've got one more question for you, Fritz. Before that, tell us, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, you can find me anywhere. Just Google Fritz Gilbert and you'll I'll pop up all over the place. But the easiest place is theretirementmanifesto.com. Uh, theretirementmanifesto.com. I'm also on Twitter as Retire Manifesto. I'm on Facebook at The Retirement Manifesto. So just Google The Retirement Manifesto and you'll find me. That's great. And we'll have a link to The Retirement Manifesto so you can find that and, and click on over to his uh, blog and everywhere else. And of course, if you want more ideas on how to avoid big retirement mistakes, go ahead right now, click that subscribe button. All right, Fritz, final question. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, how do you spontaneously? Okay. Um, I did something in college. It's not, it's clean. But I did <laughs> something in college that I now realize looking back at was a little bit interesting. It was a little bit of foreshadowing of my life in retirement. Between my sophomore and junior year of college, I worked in Yellowstone National Park. And between my junior and senior year of college, I worked up in Alaska at Glacier Bay National Park. So I went out and did national park jobs for the summer. Um, not a lot of people know that. I don't talk about it. It was, you know, 100 years ago. But those were incredible summers, right? I had the summers off, so go take advantage of it. And, and now looking back, and, and how is that kind of a, a precursor of what my life in retirement would be? The reason I did both of those jobs, I was pursuing my curiosity, right? I love being outdoors. I love the wilderness. Man, I wonder how I can get out there for the summer. Back pre-internet days, I went to the library. I figured out how you can get jobs in the national parks. I wrote a letter. I got an application. Son of a gun, I got hired. So th 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 that would be the thing that a lot of people know about me. But I think it, it shines the light on that curiosity-seeking personality trait has kind of always been there, and it served me well in retirement. Yeah, that, uh, that curiosity trait, I think, has gone throughout your whole life, which is, which is amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Fritz, and thank you for sharing your true retirement story. Thank you much, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money, and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. 
click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thriven provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.